The Book Thingo podcast is a lively discussion about romance books, culture, and getting the band back together. The Book Thingo team are together again for episode 77. Book Thingo would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this episode was recorded, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We also acknowledge the contributions of Australia's Indigenous people to our shared literary heritage. Welcome to the Book Thingo podcast, talking about books we love, especially romance. Kill a fairy fast on the Book Thingo podcast. Welcome back to the Book Thingo podcast. I'm Kat Mayo from bookthingo.com.au an Aussie blog for romance readers. So it turns out that podcasting during a literal pandemic was a little more than we could handle last year. But Gabby, Rudy and I recently got back in front of our microphones to catch each other up on a year of reading and reading challenges. You can find information on the titles and authors we talk about in this episode by going to bookthingo.com.au slash podcast and clicking on episode number 77. And if you're on Twitter, you can live tweet while listening to the show using hashtag BTPod. Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm with you in two seconds. I just had to smash a grilled cheese. That's all right. Cat threw me off something severely <laughs> by being not just on time, but early. Yeah, because I put seven o'clock in my not- calendar and I got here at 7.05. That's so exactly she was- what we have well, yeah, so she was late for the time she thought she was meant to be here. Yeah. But actually turned out 25 minutes earlier <laughs> yeah. than the time we had set for ourselves. I would even say that five minutes late is, like, not even cat late, you know? No, That's it doesn't cat. count. I know, and it was raining today, so, like, I feel like five minutes is good. I've never panicked so hard <laughs> as when I got a text from Cat saying, I'm downstairs, and I was like, you I'm panic. on a train. 15 minutes away. I never hold it against people to be late. If you're early and I'm not earlier, the the dynamic is off. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to spend the rest of this recording feeling incredibly <laughs> underprepared. No, no. You shouldn't feel that way. Well, no, because you also just said, like, I don't know if there's homework, but. <laughs> yeah. I actually was going to ask, but then I thought it'd be too late anyway, so I'll yeah, just let them know. Hi, I'm Rudy. I'm Kat. I'm Gabby. So the last proper episode that we did is that we uh, we attempted reading cha- good reads, reading challenges for the first time, and also oh just like God. attempted to use good reads ever. Can I just say oh. I won? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. I've been trying not to think about it because I'm so disappointed in myself. But I keep thinking, oh, listen, it's okay. It's only the 21st. There's still time. <laughs> also, read some picture books, Gabby. Yeah, this maybe has, that's a good idea. But, like, I think if ever there's a year that you get a free pass on not, like, I don't know, like succeeding at a challenge or at least like changing the parameters of what constitutes succeeding the challenge. Like it's 2020. I don't know. I'm still so jealous that Kat finished. She chose 12 books. (laughs) (laughs) You finished too, Rudy, right? Yeah, but I also, I I aimed low. 
so that I could just step over that bar. <laughs> just like, and that was before I knew that there was a pandemic. I just didn't want to fail this year because of like how much work I had to do. <laughs> how many did you aim for, Gabby? She went 60. 60. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, it's literally huge. double what I said. That's more than I'm one s- a week. Yeah, because I was like, yeah, I read a book a day when I'm on a roll. Mm. But obviously you can't maintain a book a day no. for 365 days. Plus a day but job, I was like, plus like hobbies. Yeah, but that's why I thought, oh, that's why 60, 60 is super achievable. And oh, I don't know. I feel like I could have done it if I wasn't. Like, what did I get sucked into? You know how just other interests then yeah. really suck you in? Podcasts. That's what that's what happened. Podcasts <laughs> changed everything. So you know what? I blame Rudy for the fact that I didn't meet my sixty book. My sixty book challenge. That's all right. I'll I'll take that. That's mm. fine. What I had wanted to do was first talk about like significant reading moments of this year. Because I had some and I one of the things I've really missed about doing this podcast is I have missed being able to tell you guys about the things that I'm reading. So like convince you guys to commit to reading them and then just not reading them for like three fucking years. So. <laughs> yeah, that sounds accurate. That's I've missed accurate. that. I feel exposed by this conversation. <laughs> I've I've missed telling Kat about a book and then three months later having her regurgitate my ideas. <laughs> oh my god, where she's and like, oh my, my recommendation god, really back to book? me. <laughs> there was actually there was one where like we were talking about oh it was something significant. It was one of those things where like it was part of the romance reader discourse. Oh my oh. gosh! Yeah, it was architect. It was design. Design. Yes. Oh, yes. oh my yes. god! Holy we had this guys. like massive oh god, conversation. Something. We had a massive conversation about interior design and the idea of like culture what? and clutter and like who gets like why minimalism is popular with like rich white people. And I had this whole thing, and because Kat had pushed back against it the whole time, and I was like, okay, yeah, no, fair enough. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm too simplistic and too, too like, Western-centric in my thinking. And then two weeks later, <laughs> you were sitting there telling me. It wasn't two weeks. It was not two weeks. It was two days. It was, like, I literally. honestly no, don't even remember what happened. I don't know where this is going because I don't remember it. You've given you turned around. Say it was two weeks. It was literally yeah. a day. It was, so, it was, it was day. so quick. But you turned around and you were telling me, or like both of us in the in our DMs, just basically you you gave my arguments back to me. As Clearly, though... they were superior arguments. <laughs> yeah, they were really good. They were they, they were good, but it was. <laughs> but it was just. I was like, are you actually doing this to me? Like. <laughs> Here in the same chat. <laughs> the next morning. I remember nothing. So anyway, I've missed it. I've missed it so much. <laughs> and just for context, that was um, inspired. That conversation started from the article um, by a- Alexandra Lange, Lange, called "The Unbearable Banality of Romance Novel Decor." Yes. Yes, and it was a big thing on Twitter. That's what I mean, but we weren't but going to. We have really our... enjoyed it. <laughs> we were enjoying yeah, we discussing really it, it, like amongst ourselves and not our secret shame. Our secret shame. <laughs> I'm of not being ashamed like, at um, all. I don't. Well, 
Well, why were why were they in the DMs? We were like, oh yeah. Oh, because you know we were this totally makes sense. We were t- we were talking through our thoughts. Rather than attempt to be publicly wrong, we decided to be privately wrong and and workshop ideas. And then also we're like, oh, this could be a podcast episode. And then we talk too long. Yeah. <laughs> and the discourse we is over. The <laughs> no one cares about it anymore. But we were not wrong. We were <laughs> no, not we wrong. I the think people who were pushing against this article were very wrong. <laughs> they just felt seen. That's all. Like, sorry if that's you. But also you probably felt seen. Like, come on. It's definitely an issue that we find in romance. Yes. Mm. Anyway, that's not that's not what we were going to do today. We were going to talk about reading, like sig- significant reading moments that you've had this year that you kind of wish we could have talked about together. I don't remember any of them. Oh, Jesus. But I do have like, a list to help me remember things. Yeah, good. Look at your 12 books that you've read this year. I have read 21 books. Oh my god. That's probably yes. good. I think we like should say finish how many we read out. Oh yeah. That's amazing. I think I got 32 maybe. That's still a huge number. Yeah like if I had had a lower goal I would be <laughs> yeah. really happy. But a more realistic goal. You're at 40 something aren't you? I'm at 47. Oh, I'm on yes. my 48. That's really good. So um and because like I stuck I'm that's with the caveat that these are only books that I was reading for the first time. So they were new to me because I also did a fair amount of rereading this year because I cheated on you guys and started a new podcast. And Another so I, one. What would Danbury do? The Bridgerton rereading podcast that I have been doing. That's what I, I couldn't tell if you had forgotten what, no, no, what no. I was I've doing just, or if you were giving to your me- podcast. Or if you were giving me a chance to spruik, you can do both. I was like, you don't know what you were doing. <laughs> I was literally listening to it yesterday um, and I was listening. I had just finished Michael's second epilogue and I was up to Hyacinth. So. I'm not getting, I won't like recap shit because that's boring and if people care, they can listen. But like. Well, and on a related note, I would say that your podcast actually gave me a huge chunk of my books and my rereads because, or mm. not my rereads, because I, I discovered this year that I have not read the Bridgerton series. Like really? this year was the first time. Yeah. I'd read like, I think maybe one of them, one of them, I distinctly remember being a reread, but all the others I was like, yeah, I've never read these. <laughs> so I was really grateful because I was able to read all of them after listening to the podcast, the first season of the yep. podcast. And, oh, my God, it was just such an amazing, wholesome experience. I really loved it. Thank you. Well, Reading high, I would say, and podcast high. Oh, I think that, that's really nice. Yeah. And I might even actually not cut it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there was a part of me that's like, this is so self-indulgent. This is such a trash thing to do. Um, but, yeah, so I've been... I've been doing rereads for that and, like, also just, like, generally because having to read specific books is so much fucking work and I hate it. Like, it's not enjoyable. Yeah. Which is why I like this dynamic where there's no – I mean, like, sometimes there's a theme, but I know neither of you actually (laughs) stick to it, so it doesn't matter. So it's fine. (laughs) What is homework? It's also been really refreshing to – like to occasionally be the person who hasn't done the homework. There's Freedom in not doing the homework. There is. 
Yeah, welcome. Don't do that for us, though. We no. rely on you. I've prepared <laughs> my my talking points. You're the glue. You're the glue. <laughs> like rolling together, through a, rolling through notes as we go. <laughs> I'm just I'm looking at my list. Really I don't know if I've got any highlight. Like, oh my God, I was about to say I've got so many. I was so you? happy okay, with good. so many of the books that I read. Tell us about one. A standout one for me was Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. I thought that was the first, like, this was before I had read the Talia Hibbert Get a Life Chloe Brown, the mm-hmm. Brown Sisters um, series. So keep in mind that when I say it was the first contemporary romance that had me laughing out loud in a, such a long time. It was so good. It was so funny and like sexy and wholesome. It was just amazing. Such a, Did you guys end up reading it? No, but I've put it on my want to read list and I will actually get to it. Yeah. It was like, it's fake boyfriend, you know, fake boyfriend trope, which is incredible crack and because they're like opposites attract kind of fake boyfriends right yeah what's that trope called when one's like sunshine 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 grumpy grumpy. yeah it's pretty much sunshine and grumpy i would say i might try it i'm still you know glitterland had such a huge like a positive reception and i could not get through chapter one and so i just feel like i'm the same i totally understand oh good Okay, but and then this one worked for you. All right, well, then that makes me a little bit more optimistic that I might like this one. So one reason I'm definitely going to get around to reading it is because um, I kept putting off the um, Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. And then when I finally did read it after Gabby had already read it, I sent a message about how mad I was that I hadn't read it before her and being the person to be like that was like smug and like I've been telling you to read this and just oh, I hated I hated being the person that was behind I'm I never the smug person <laughs> I'm always behind and I hated that Gabby got to be the smug person I was like I mean like I was happy for you but I also wasn't did she leave feels like she left she abandoned us wow you should put her on mute and see what she says when she comes back. No, now she's missed my moment of praise. I know. I threw to her with praise and she's, she's not gonna even She's going to feel here. really bad. I'm going to, I'm just not going to, we're going to move the conversation on. Fuck her. <laughs> Where did she go? I don't know. Are you sure she's not on mute? Like she's trying to like tell us stuff? I don't know because she's not uh, like. But she's still connected. It seems to be. Hi, my Hi. thing just completely dropped out. That was so weird. I Can really you... thought you'd walked away. <laughs> I <laughs> did not, Gabby, because it was very would have been very out of character for you. It would have been something I, was... I would do, but not you. <laughs> that was so scary. I was talking for so long, and then I realized you couldn't hear me when you started. <laughs> do you reckon you can backtrack? <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, because you were complimenting me and then I said, Don't pretend. You're like you said you were happy for me. And I was like, No, you weren't. Don't pretend. Did you hear me say that? No, I heard nothing. Oh my god, that was the most horrifying. That was like that's what it feels like to be a ghost. I know it. <laughs> that's what it's like when I'm gonna die and I'm gonna try to communicate with people and no one's gonna be able to hear me. <laughs> I'm traumatized. Oh my god. Okay. Which is really funny. This book was really funny. One quote I've got 
was like, it was just a dick looking at a dick, asking why he was always such a dick. (laughs) (laughs) This book is so funny. I would strongly, strongly recommend it. Even though, um, like, he's very troubled. Is it Luke? Yeah, Luke is, like, really troubled. So he's sunshiny, but sunshiny on the outside. Inside, I'm pretty sure he's a grumpy. But I love it. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. (laughs) Okay. Like I said, I've added it. It's it's something that I am planning to read. I just need to find some time and commit. So I finally picked up Lucy Parker's books, which I really enjoyed. And I had about like 15 people replying to me saying, I told you to read this series. Um, so I read Pretty Face, Making Up, The Austin Playbook and Headliners. And I think there was one more coming out, but it hadn't come out yet. And now I've forgotten to like buy the next book. Also, I've forgotten the whole series, but um, it's fine. I enjoyed them. Wait, well, you went from good to fine. What happened? Between well, I just don't remember much about, you know, like, so sometimes you'll read a book and it was really, really good when you're reading it. And so like, I'll give it five stars, but it doesn't really stay in your mind Maybe I'm just getting old. Like nothing, nothing can go in my say, brain anymore and be retained. Have you ever been able to have a book stay in your mind? Yes, <laughs> yes, I have. Name one. Look, so they're all older reads. So there is a little bit of truth She's in this thing. No, no, no. I know. Like I remember Kinsa- my Kinsales. My Kinsales yeah. are forever in my heart. But yeah, I just have trouble remembering things that are more recent. Although, I mean, I remember Ilona Andrews. So. There are things that stand out. It just didn't stand out enough for me to remember much about it months later. Okay. But so I have a question because I've attempted to read Lucy Parker and I don't really know which one I tried to read. I think it was only one. It might have been more than one. And what is the appeal of these books? Like explain it to me. I think for me it was just easy to read. Like it was easy to to like the characters, to barrack for the characters. The plot was not hugely challenging. Um, And I think, uh, if I recall correctly, the struggle of the heroine, I I kind of like. The way that the heroine's internal struggle is written on the page, like it made me cry. And usually if if I cry, the book gets some sort of extra points from me because... even if everything else doesn't work, the fact that I can get Feel into emotion. a scene, yeah, and, and they, it can bring emotion out of me means that the writing is doing a good job. Um, but I, I do feel like that the, the first book was the strongest for me, Pretty Face. I can't remember which one that was. But I think, I think, <laughs> oh, God, you guys can correct me on Twitter if I'm wrong. I think this is the um, sort of slightly grumpy director and the heroine is... Um, like a starlet who made a name for herself in soapies and is now doing theatre. And so it's this whole thing of um, she's only here for the star power to give like a big name. Casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's there to prove that, you know, she can act. But, you know, she's got emotional blocks that prevent her from giving it her all. I love it. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> okay, good. We've upgraded I hope, oh, my God, I hope that I got the plot right. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't matter if the book you're talking about isn't Pretty Face. (laughs) I 
it's one of them. It's probably actually Lucy Parker. It is. So it's, it's definitely Lucy Parker. And that is a step in the right direction for you, Cat <laughs> Mayo. Also, I have a quote from the Austin Playbook to match Gabby's quote. Willies were fun to play with, but occasionally they just seemed inconvenient and kind of odd looking. I love that we both chose dick quotes. <laughs> I did not come prepared with quotes for the books that I The have. homework was actually dick quotes, Rudy. Yeah. I don't know if oh, you Oh, well, look. <laughs> well, in that case, I'm going to take you on a journey for a second. Because my significant reads are not necessarily my best reads of this year. I mean, some of them... I do want to talk to you guys about, but I have been on a weird and wild journey this year because of Goodreads. So something that I did was I joined, I joined one of those discussion groups where people post like what they can remember of a plot from a book and then ask for help finding it. So a lot like help a bitch out on smart bitches, trashy books. And this group, it's not necessarily romance, but there are a lot of romance readers and there are a lot of romance um, novels that people are trying to find. So I got really into it. It's kind of like, it's a bit of a weird space. And frankly, it's the other than tracking my reads, it's the only thing that I have liked about Goodreads. And while in that space, anytime I heard of something that was like a romance novel that was truly off the wall and was like either actually solved or like maybe probably the book, I put it on a list and I started to try and read it. I also quite proud that I solved a couple myself. Nice. Um, well, that does not surprise me. Yeah. I mean, I just have a big hero complex. Like I really wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to like help people <laughs> and be a show off. But... And I wish, I wish I had have thought this through and actually saved the way that people described the books that I'm going to tell you about. But like, one that I only finished reading a couple of weeks ago, and I, I just think is going to be burned into my brain forevermore. It's about a society where male virginity is prized. Oh, I know this one. And like, there's a whole kind of like ritual around the men, around men, like high class men losing their virginity. And can anyone tell this reader like what this book is? And it turns out it was by Dara Joy and it is called Ritual of Proof. This was very big in the early 2000s it's, or mid 2000s. It was a trip. It took me a couple of weeks to read because number one, when I... I, I went into it expecting it to be an alternate history and it's not, it's futurism. But also have they changed the cover? Because that was the one reason I never picked up this book. Probably the cover that I, ha like, I bought oh, it online and the cover is ugly. terrible. Oh, I just Googled it. She oh had it God. in print as well. Oh, no. I hope it's, oh a I hope the print version is a different one. Oh, my gosh. It was a hard cover. I thought that it was an alternate history. It's not. It's futurism on, like, a different planet where, like, way into the future, the human race has, like, packed up, got on a spaceship, travelled through space, found a new planet and colonised it. And they 
only have like a vague understanding of what human like earth history was and like earth society was so they've got this they've got it kind of it's somewhat based on our actual history but in ways that are kind of subverted and it's just every couple of pages I would encounter something and I'd be like feel like I haven't got a good grip on reality right now because I don't know I don't know how this book like how we're not talking about this book every single day of our lives so I this is where I regret not picking this book up so that I can say I've read this book because <laughs> it was so popular um I would say around 2008, 2009, I remember because when we went to Wollongong to visit Ever After, Mm -hmm. I think, oh, no, no, um, Rendezvous in um, Melbourne for the Australian Romance Readers Convention, I'm almost sure they had this in print on the shelf and the cover was just so bad. So this is, I'm going to show Rudy, I'll link to it in the... Yes, but it's one of those things where like, you know, when you're... So I've been reading partly from discovering books in this way. I've been reading a lot of old school romance and kind of thinking about the ways that those books, I guess like the subversions and the commentary that they were doing at the time in terms of genre and in terms of society and also like how those sorts of subversions exist or don't exist in the genre now and society now so I've been thinking about it all this sort of stuff really critically and then to come to this book (laughs) it's kind of fascinating because I know number one this is like it was written post 2000 which was wild but like it's one of those things where you kind of you look at it and you're like I think I know what this author thought they were doing And I think that they thought they were being incredibly subversive around gender and around sex, but in ways that are really normative and are really like doing nothing more than like upholding our current patriarchal, white, cis power structures that currently exist. Was it well written though, Rudy? Is it readable? Rudy's making a face. <laughs> Look, you, you you don't pick this book up because you think it's going to be well written and a critical gem. Oh, that's disappointing. You I was are, I was you willing to give it a go. On a wild ride. <laughs> Do you rate it higher or lower than Nicholas by Elizabeth Amber? Oh god. I mean they're very much in the same vein. So on par in terms of in in I spirit? Nicholas is more legible. But that's also because you don't have to work as hard to understand what the fuck is happening. But also, I, I just remembered now, Nicholas is not self-published. That was published by Kensington, I think. So it would have had some sort of editing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But like, to give you like a little bit of context, can I go through some of the highlights? Because I finally remembered how to work my phone. This is page 19. Jorlin is just reflecting on things. I really can't get over Jawlin. Like, I, know, I really cannot. Like, I'm really struggling to even get past he's, that. But he's yeah, reflecting on, he's on reflecting. his youthful okay, imaginations. Jolin. How old is he? Don't don't ask me questions. Okay, sorry. Cover, he looks, like, very young, actually. He's, he's I mean, he is. He's, he's like a debutant. Um, 
so he's probably like 19 or 20. She's she's older than him. Okay. He had dreamt of a place where males had an equal part in society. Stop! And then... <laughs> you can't. You actually can't. Take, I actually have to stop you. No. No, I need to finish this. Seriously, Ready? she's Hang behind men who has it all, guys. isn't she? Where males had an equal part in society and their name givers respected them as true partners in all things. He had even fantasised that men would have a say in how the society was run. Do you know what it's sat- It must be a satire, like a satire no. that accidentally became sincere no, no. romance. It's just like um, second. Oh, my God. That's oh. ready. Okay. This, sorry, this also to explain how their society works the way that it does. Um, again, this is Jolin reflecting on. It's from Jolene. his perspective. <laughs> I actually can't. Jolin. <laughs> it's from his perspective. Thinking about their okay, history. Jake, can we like no. say it's Jolan or like Jordan? <laughs> oh my god, what if it's Jolan? <laughs> Let's go with Jolan, please. Oh I god. don't want to. I liked I I've read this Jolan. whole book as Jolan. Jolan. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just made the most bogan choice. I listen, it's the way I have been trying to avoid saying it is the it most is bogan almost, name. It is almost certainly Jolan. <laughs> It has to be because that makes so much more sense, and it did not occur to me to do that. Anyway, okay. Wait, how how is it spelled? J O R L A N. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. right. Ready? Yeah. So, he's reflecting on like the history of the world. The old text was still in dispute as some believed it referred to a religious cult of some kind, while others postulated that it was part of an instructional manual. The words historical and romantic were repeatedly noted. No one was exactly sure in what context these terms were used, although it it was known from portions of surviving personal log entries that there were many of these concealed volumes on board the all-female ship. So they they got their their like world building from romance novels, and that's actually an in world explanation. I hate that so much. Um, and this is okay, okay. This is the part where like I truly lost my mind because up until this point, I thought the ritual of proof and all that was entailed in that was like pure social construct. This is where. I realised that I was wrong. (laughs) The small membrane, which had a tiny break in it and grew (laughs) over the head of his penis, could be ruptured properly. What? (laughs) The small membrane, which had a tiny break in it and grew over the head of the penis, could be ruptured properly only by the internal muscles and fluids from a woman's body. And the first time, the act was quite painful for the male. It doesn't even make sense. They've made like they've made the vagina poisonous, but also like damaging to the skin, like foreskin that is like dissolvable. Yeah, it's like there's acid in the vagina that's gonna dissolve your hymen. So it's quite literally your man hymen. Her like P and V penetrative sex is the only way to lose your virginity, which, number one, that's fascinating to me. (laughs) Number two, there is some kind of membrane over the penis, like over the head of the penis, and vaginal fluid 
is the thing that like dissolves it. How does he pee? I I mean there is there is a small opening. I was this okay? I just need to understand something because there's actually no logic to this. <laughs> there's no logic in the sense that like they're learning from historical romances that like their his like their history, right? They're constructing their society on what yes. the historical texts, aka historical romances, have taught them. So are the historical romances subversive or like because why the fuck like romances? Here here is my theory. About yeah, the world building. Because I can't actually fathom how they developed a matriarchy from romance novels. So what I think they did was I think that the the crew of the ship was female and that they read a lot of romance novels. And then when they got to the planet and like, I'm going to say terraformed, but I, I think it, I, I don't know if that, like I genuinely don't remember if that was a part of it or not. But anyway, they colonized it. They made it like comfortable for living and they brought everybody out of stasis i think that they in the process of doing that when what if romance novels but women were in charge and then just did that because they were the ones who held all the resources and all of the knowledge they could Mm. yeah like how do you exercise power or we're the ones in power so this is how we're going to do it I can't, I mean, I I can kind of speculate that whatever has happened to create this membrane slash vaginal fluid phenomenon, I don't know if it's like genetic engineering because they very definitely do have some kind of genetic engineering system going on. So I don't know if it came about because of that or if it comes about like if it's a mix of that and like natural selection like it just stops making sense at a certain point can i just say that i consider this book a classic of the genre it really is Mm. it's phenomenal okay hang on hang on (gasps) yes okay so this is the point like this is this is just under halfway through the book and by this point they're married they've had sex a few times all of the times that they've had sex Green has been on top and now, well, yeah, let me tell you. In that moment, Joel and Raynard broke free of a thousand years of male sexual conditioning. He became the aggressor. Like. So he's returning back to his natural form, like his his biological form. It reverts back to, like, he, because he gets on top. And they both enjoy that. And it's like natural order restored. Yeah. Ew. Ew. Like this book does all this fucking work to be like, what if matriarchy? And then undoes it because, I mean, but also it was never going to work in the, it just like, it doesn't know what it's doing as a, as a book. It doesn't know what it's doing. I honestly feel like this author started tongue in cheek and then ended up with a legit romance book that people loved. But also that whole thing of um, having the hero eventually end up on top feels like a product of its time. And even some of the stuff, Rudy, that you mentioned around awareness of gender, I guess, at the time that this book came out, 
that wouldn't have been very mainstream. Like, unless no, the author... I know, and that's the thing. Like, well, even just this idea that you can only, like, the only true sex is, like, penis and yeah. vagina. Like, yeah. that... <laughs> it's that thing of, like... Okay. <laughs> but she's not gonna um she's not gonna challenge it because then it's not gonna be considered romance romance in the same way that for a long time there was this myth that p- people aren't gonna read WLW romances because I don't know, the sex is different. Like it's not the same. And it feels like she tried to do something different but had to come back and go, but it in the romance worry, this is what the people order has been yeah, restored. Yeah, yeah. yeah like <laughs> You can still have sex with a man on top. <laughs> it just, yeah, like, it's like saying that if if while having sex the woman is on top right now, that that destabilizes the patriarchy <laughs> or, so. or brings wow. you some kind of power. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like this is a meaning, like, it's not a, it's not meaningless in that it's obviously it's doing something, but, like, this is an arbitrary, like, it doesn't go together. It doesn't. <laughs> anyway, but um, so there's this whole kind of thing about like, because there's also this whole weird dynamic about Jolin because he's magic. <laughs> he can control. magic? He's magic. He has like some kind of special connection to the planet that they live on and maybe the sun type thing I don't know I I was like all right cool (laughs) um so they have this sort of they have this like special connection but he very definitely has like some kind of more intuitive sort of element to him and so he tries to tell Green at some point that like because she needs an heir she needs she needs to have a baby specifically a girl and he's like, well, you tricked me into marriage and you compromised me when I wasn't wanting to. So, like, I'm just going to not give you a baby. And she's like, well, you don't really have any control over that. He goes, well, I do. I can control that. And then it becomes this weird moment where you're like, does he just mean that he is able to not ejaculate? <laughs> or is there something else magicness happening? And I... I think we're supposed to know that it's magic, but also... Not explained. No, really. But oh, actually... Maybe he just takes she contraception. Does, she she does manage to, like, not, like, trick him because the sex is consensual, but, like, it's very, it's very the Duke and I. Right. Where, like, he's not wanting to have a baby with, baby with her. She feels that she needs to have a baby immediately and then like they have sex at a time where he's like not in control and so it's very like it's a very weird twisted book just I need someone to talk to me about it who has read it or like listen to me go on at length which is what you guys are indulging me with right now I'm so glad you read um, the books. I wouldn't have to. Let me see yeah, if, I've, I, if I can find, like, one other wild moment. Are you planning to read the rest of the series? Absolutely. There's actually, there is one other character that I'm kind of fascinated to see what goes on there. Oh, 
Uh, I mean, look, this is this is not one of the weirder moments, but I did highlight something about she had never realised how unbelievably erotic male lashes could be, and that made me laugh because, like, I have yet to come across a romance novel that hasn't, like, talked about a hero with, like, incredibly long lashes, like what a girl that the, hero, that? That the heroine marry, would be jealous of. Marry the man with the longest eyelashes. That's how you know yeah. he's real, like, he's, like, yeah, your he's real hero. love. I have never noticed a man's eyelashes in my life, but I also am unmarried. So once I've noticed it, one of the uh, one of the cover models for romance class. Every time I see his picture, I'm like, he has got really long eyelashes. Like anyway, that's just that's just a half thought that I've been having, <laughs> and I will eventually like write a thesis on. Oh, because he's magic. Jolin is the one who realizes that Green is going to have her baby before she does. One morning at dawn, Green awoke feeling peculiar in a way she couldn't define. She turned to find Jolin staring at the rising Arceus that I think is the sun, the jet fringe of lashes shielding his eyes. Our child will come today. Green sucked in her breath, her hands patting her bulging middle, which seemed to have recently dropped lower. You're sure? She never asked him how or why. Sometimes Jolin knew things. And that was that was the point at which I was just like, I'm mad that we're not getting to have an extended discussion <laughs> about this right now and it's two in the morning and I can't just talk to someone about what I'm experiencing right now. Um, a lot of people have read this book. I reckon if you tweeted it, you'd find I, a whole bunch of people. It's oh, yeah. very highly rated um, too. I'm actually shocked. Like 4.3 stars on Amazon. Like, that's amazing. Like, Kate Cuthbert, like, was the only person who saw that I was reading it and, like, because I, I was tweeting about it as I went a little bit, not a huge amount, but it was often at, like, very late at night. Anyway, Kate knew that I was reading it and she would see the tweets and be like, I, I can't even prepare you for what you're about <laughs> to go through. Like, you just have to experience it. And then we can talk. And I was like, that's mean. She was definitely popular in about 2008, 2009. Popular or infamous? No, popular. People legitimately liked her work. Okay. Like I know people, I know people who like her work. I don't know if they still like it, but they liked it at the time. Sorry. And this is, this truly like this encapsulates everything. And then I swear I'm going to like drop this as a topic and we can move on to the next because I have a few more batshit reads that I've had. But so there's a point at which Jolin, <laughs> sorry, Jolin's very upset because he's being forced into a marriage with Green that he's like, they, they have an attraction, but he doesn't want to get married. And he's like, he's like the hoydenish, like kind of late heroine that you come across in historical romances who are like, I don't need no man. Like he's that, but a man being forced into, he's being compromised and having to marry Green, even though there's like an attraction there and they might've eventually got there. Blah, blah. That's not the point. He literally says, I am no woman's prize, nor will I ever be. And then I just, I I had to stop. Are we sure I mean, that Dara it. Joy is not the person behind Man Who Has It All Twitter? <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I mean, I, I, I think she's a true artist. Like, I, I don't know. I, there, is some, there is something about this book. Because I 
I mean, I fucking finished it. There were times where I was like, I, it was somewhat against my better judgment, but I finished this whole book and it has lived in my mind <laughs> ever since. Anyway. You did us a service. I'm grateful. Yeah. Thank you. So I just, I, I needed to tell you guys about that one. Um. Anyway, so feel free to, another significant read from either of you. <laughs> I don't know if I can top that. I know. I've, no. I've like gone really hard in this and there's like. Well, do you I wanna... revisited J.R. Ward. Oh my God. Did yes. Really? I knew this. Yeah, and I... I read The Saviour, her latest release or like her semi late. I don't know if it's her latest now, but it was her latest when I read At it. the time. Can I just say when you, Gabby, when you live tweeted your read of that book. Yeah. There were jokes that, well, like there were things that you said. And I still don't know if they were jokes or if they were real because yeah, all of it was real because of how ridiculous she is. I know how ridiculous, I... how ridiculous she is. And also like that. I know that you know her work so well that you could make an incredibly good joke, like, like perfect satire. And I just couldn't tell. That just means the world to me that you can acknowledge my talent like that. Thank you so much. I've worked really hard on knowing her, especially since, like, I thought that I wouldn't be able to jump straight back in since I've missed a huge chunk of books. Like, I stopped, when did when did I stop reading? Ages ago. Like, it had to have been five years ago. I was going to say it was, like, maybe, like, one or two after Lover at Last. Did you read Tor's was... book? Um, yeah, I think I did, but I remember nothing about it. No one. You remember no one. <laughs> I just remembered it. <laughs> I was like, no one. What are you talking about? And then the fucking is no one. Holy yes. shit. Um, this is what I mean. Like, it's, it, like... Did you read The Shadows? The one where the heroine died? Yeah. And then I was like, that was one where I was like, oh, my God, this is really going to push me over the edge. I think it was that combined with the bourbon. Oh, yeah. The bourbon. <laughs> the bourbon. <laughs> Where I was like, I was like, no, she hates women way too much. Like, she really hates women. Um, so I'm just trying to like catch up on my tweets to see the jokes that I made. Oh my god, that's right. She kept. It's so just tell us so about bizarre. It. It's just really bizarre when you have the same experience. Like, I, I I remember seeing a Facebook memory like recently, and it was like an ages ago Facebook memory, and it was like, oh, you know, you you're reading a really like hilarious author when you have to have Urban Dictionary open next to you to get through the first <laughs> chapter. And I swear to God, the same thing happened. I was googling what the fuck K cups were oh, in the first chapter. Oh, yes. I remember this conversation. Like, I understand like writing for an American audience. I really do. But you know how much we are exposed to American culture. Like even speaking to some of the Americans that I'm friends with here, they're always like super in shock about how much like that. Some Like I know the anthem that I know the beginning of the pledge of the, of allegiance, like that's stuff that I feel like is quite common and yep. quite general knowledge. But like, what the fuck is a K-cup? I was just baffled that she was throwing it around so much. Anyway, turns out it's a freaking coffee capsule. Don't know why her editor couldn't put coffee capsule instead of K-cups. But as you keep telling me, Kat, she is not. But what I'm really curious about is whether she thinks that's a sign of wealth and prestige. No, I don't think it is. I don't think she thinks it's wealth and prestige at all. 
Keurig is something that I feel like, I don't know, Americans. Well, really this is come. why I'm asking. I'm just like, because sometimes like you'll go, oh, you know, he, he was driving a Lamborghini and Lamborghini is like instantly recognizable as a sign of wealth and like not just, not just mildly rich. They're really wealthy. So I'm trying to figure out what the, like the purpose the of K-Cups is. Yeah, because that's how she brand drops all the time. And it's usually to signify wealth in that world. <laughs> it just cracks me up if if she's saying K-Cups because she thinks that's a some sort of like brand What's dropping us, prestige. Like equivalent to us, like we would know Nespresso. Like if someone said a Nespresso something or like whatever. Listen, of- I know George Clooney Spruik's Nespresso, but when has that ever been a sign of wealth? Listen, their fancy stores mean that, that I feel awkward going in. So, like, no, Gabby, they give free coffee. Just go in, get your free coffee, pretend to be interested for 10 minutes, and leave. And then come no, back if you need another shot. Get of them. They're too expensive. Maybe you're right. Maybe you really have seen into JR Ward's mind. But then there was also Portrait Red. Which, like, I can visualize a red that comes to mind, like a deep red. But I'm also just like, is it a thing? Is portrait red something that you can say and have everybody recognize what kind of red that is? Like, think of the same shade of red. Yeah. No. I mean, it's not exactly like British telephone box red, is it? Like, that's people know what that is. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, but she has to be really individual. Also, naming the club shadows she has characters named shadows yeah she had a book named shadows the shadows but the club is different anyway this was about like the whole book was about a woman discovering the testing site of um this evil company i think they've been they've been building up to this for a long time what what's the names of the main characters of of this one yep murder oh it's murder's book I do no, remember you're him. not saying it right. It's Mahoder. Well, Thank you. <laughs> that, was, that was the part where I was like, I can't tell if this is a joke. <laughs> I spelt it wrong every <laughs> single time. Uh, <laughs> I spelt it differently every uh, single time. Anyway. Is Murder from so the much. Band of Bastards or was he from some other thing? Was he the ghost? Murder was, no, he was, in a, he was a banished brother. He was the oh, only okay. brother that's ever been like evicted because they thought he was crazy. Turns out he wasn't crazy. Turns out he was actually just seeking revenge on this center this like science center that had abducted someone to do experiments on them yeah I'm barely remembering this. yeah I, Sorry, I think everyone. I read murder in one of the very like previous 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 books before I stopped reading it but he wasn't interesting then and he doesn't sound interesting <laughs> That's how I felt about Tor. Like, I felt like there was a real, like, there was a huge build-up to Tor. And then Tor, I was just like, you're not appealing in any way. But she's always like that in the books. Like, massive build-up. And then in the actual book, you're like, why are these characters so flat? Do you think it's because she has the, because she loves the hyperbole. Like, she leans so hard into the hyperbole that she builds up so much that, like, every character or every hero is, like, larger than life. Every hero is, like, the sexiest of the sexy. But you can only sustain that for so long, right? I just think she's not great at characterization. She's great at scenes. I think she's great at scenes. Like, Do you think? When I, I remember her books, I remember scenes of her books. But the characters are just never that consistent. I think she's good at 
like establishing emotional connections between her characters. I would say that that's something that appeals to me because I don't necessarily think that her scenes are very good, mostly because they get lost in so much waffle. Like looking at these, there was eight chapters. No, but I, I I can I understand what you mean because when I when I think about the scenes, it's usually three characters that are like not necessarily physically fighting, but have some sort of um tension, like really strong tension between the yeah. three of them. Yeah, you. I think yeah. I see. I cannot only ever remember her books based on the jokes that people make. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, like, yes. (laughs) The reason that I picked those books up in the first place is because Sarah Wendell wrote a review of one of them um, on Smart Bitches Trashy Books. And I read the review and it was like, I think she was writing about like the fourth book or something. It was not, I'm fairly sure it was not the first one because... All I can remember was her having this like thing about John Matthew, Matthew John, whatever his fucking name was. John Matthew. Yes, him. <laughs> walking into rooms and silently screaming and then walking out. Because <laughs> he used to do that when he was still a human teenager. One of my made one of my tweets, which I thought was really funny actually, was saying this series has been going on for so long that Rage's golden boy good looks are no longer compared to Brad Pitt, but to Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my god. That they was, do that was honestly the best. <laughs> so it's kind of nice that she balanced out such a like intense hero's name, Mahoto, with just like a regular name like Sarah. But obviously, <laughs> you know, the best Sarah. And but Sarah is like a very socially acceptable name but you know that's also part of the course right because we have jane and mary beth <gasps> they're all one oh, syllable names my god you're right she does it with all of except them. for no one marissa how much and pain and pain yeah but pain was pain. the heroine of her book what about zex <gasps> zex who did she end up but- with John Matthew, Matthew. because oh. he was doubly. Yes, yeah, so he age. had the plain name and she had the complicated name. You this can't have both. Really interesting. This See, is really. Did Payne end up with Manny? Don't ask me yeah. questions yeah. like that. She did. She did. Wow. She did. Yeah, it was Manny and Payne. Manny and Payne. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's the book that doesn't exist for me. Oh my God. Torment's dad's name. Do you know Torment's dad's name? Uh, probably Torture. not cheat, t- cheat sheet. So close. Harm. <laughs> Harm. Harm. And is the son of murder because I don't think you can, like, top that off. No, you really can't. So I would say my summation of The Saviour, absolutely terrible, like, as a, as a whole. <laughs> um, like, it is, it is entertaining in the sense that it's, I think, maybe it's the same reason why you found the Dara Joy book so entertaining. You're just kind of, like, witnessing this mess kind of yeah it really is like every page you turn it's like fucking wow fucking like I'm still here I'm still reading this this is amazing I'm amazing for doing this um but it's there was so much build up in this story in the savior like so much and then it's like done and you're like what just happened and the main character has only just discovered that vampires exist. Like Sarah's only just learned about vampires and the way she just rolls with the punches is kind of like, is that what scientists do? 
is that is that a science scientist kind of thing like wow i've discovered this really amazing thing and it's now normal to me <laughs> i just want to know like what makes is that why i'm not a scientist <laughs> i'm really asking the big question what's the question like do you get <laughs> jaded about your discoveries no, as in, like, if you're a scientist, when you make a new discovery, is it just like, oh, sick, this is now my new normal? No. You're just, like, freaking, I was the first to, like, discover it. I need to get it patented. I need to get the journal out before somebody else pips me. Like, it's massively exciting. Did Kat just reveal that her job is a scientist? <laughs> oh, I could be. I could be a Trans scientist. A scientist. <laughs> <laughs> do I need to cut that out? <laughs> so one of my other like significant reads or like reads I wish I could have spoken to you guys about Lady Gallant by Suzanne Robinson. And it used to be quite infamous for the like the grovel scene. So I've I had heard about it. Heaps. So is this an older title? Because yeah. it sounds like an older title, but a really good title. It's from, let me see when it was published, 1991. The heroine is like just the nicest, most pure girl you've ever encountered. And she's like really not liked by her father and his new wife. So they keep trying to get rid of her and they, they send her to court and that's where she encounters the hero. Well, actually, on the way, she meets him. Um, and he is, like, he's, like, part of the court. Um, he's part of the nobility, whatever. But he's a spy because he is bad at history and also religion things. So this is going to be so fucking wrong. <laughs> he's trying to help, like, all these people who were, like, known allies of Queen Elizabeth Oh, like the future Queen Elizabeth and also who were like heads of religious things in the Church of England. <laughs> it's important. So the stakes are really fucking high. <laughs> anyway, they end up getting married and she realises what he's doing. And even though it kind of goes against her own beliefs, she decides not to say or do anything about it and actually like, somewhat helps but secretly because stakes are super high people are dying if they get caught anyway big misunderstanding and he thinks that she has like sold him out and is spying on him so he does like truly the most fucking awful thing they had been having quite a nice relationship and marriage beginning of a marriage and then when he feels betrayed he decides to hurt her as much as he possibly can by having her walk in on him having sex with somebody else and then like throwing it in her face like you're disgusting I don't want you blah, blah, all this stuff like it breaks her it breaks her little precious everything and then we're like halfway through the book <laughs> so you have like you spend I mean, effectively, the rest of the book, having him realise that he was wrong and then have to win her back. I love a wronged woman and a good grovel. <laughs> and because at first, 
like at first when he's convinced that she is this like horrible evil betrayer whatever like she doesn't understand what's happened and she's heartbroken and she keeps trying to make it right and is like please forgive like I don't know what I've done but please forgive me and then there is a point at which she just sort of goes actually there's fucking nothing like at like at this point you've like there is no fixing this and I'm not interested in fixing this and so she shuts down entirely and just oh like it's intense so it is was, it written is it well written yeah Oh, it I loved like it. My... I like it was one of those things where I was like, probably if I had read this, like even like three years ago, but I reckon like let's let's be generous and say if I came across this five years ago, ten years ago, I I probably couldn't have read it. Like I would have given up. Yeah, I would have hated it. But there is something <laughs> so oh, like so visceral about like it just yeah. So yeah. I started reading it. If oh. you actually go to my Goodreads, it's actually sitting as um, as as currently reading. I'm yeah. probably like two chapters in and I don't know why I stopped. I think the first kind of part, I was just like, Ugh. I mean, look, like it was a bit Robin Hoodie for yes. me. Um, but now, like, Rudy, you you just sell a book. Yeah. You, you really do because now I really want to. Because like and... it is, it, it's a fascinating study in character, and it's also it's a problematic fave. Like there are things about it that I I think if anyone is is thinking like they don't want to have to read about sexual violence, or they don't want to have to read about like there's there's this really fucking awful. I mean, it's a turning point for like for her. Um, I should stop saying her. Um, Nora. It's like a turning point for Nora where she gets taken along with kind of everybody to go and see this bear that has been chained up, um, like get attacked by, it's really grotesque. It's, it's like she, she is kind of overwhelmed by the gore and it's the point at which she goes like, I'm not comfortable with, like with what Queen Mary does. And and all of this kind of st- anyway, it's so it's one of those things where it's like if you don't if you don't want to read about like a bear being brutalized, <laughs> this is not a he's a bit of a, a the hero's a bit of a lech as well, right? Yeah, like, I don't he's he comes across as a bit lecherous in the first like kind of um, few pages that I've read. So, but if you're saying that Particularly the... because she seems so naive, like she truly is so naive. So like there's these, there are these scenes in their like quote unquote courtship where he like is pulling her into like dark corners away from, like still very much in public, but kind of like away from other people and like kissing her and putting his hand up her skirt and she's like no but also not no <laughs> yeah. because yeah, it's, it's very much coded then... as an old school yeah. yeah 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 okay like it uses um... those old school coding kind but of but if moments. you're telling me his redemption arc is full of groveling and by the end of it you're on his side i think because it takes so long okay. for her to forgive him yeah. like he has to work 
and he, and you have literally like almost half a book of him realizing that he's fucked up and having to make effective changes about like who he is as a person and specifically how he treats her and also like genuinely having to confront the idea that he has lost somebody who would have been perfect for him so yeah it's like it's the kind of for me it was like really good emotional catharsis but I also know that this might not be the time for other people to read a book like this. Like you have to be so on board with a hero that's cheated and then makes that okay or like gets forgiven, whatever. Because I know that, Kat, you don't like cheating. No, but I feel like maybe, like it would still bother me, but it would bother me less now. Like if the writing was strong enough and I understood what was going on and the grovel's really good, I feel like I can kind of get past that. Mm. And because it's not like grovel, grovel. It's like it's recognizing a mistake and atoning for that. And I mm, think I for me as well, if if it's clear that there was no like, you know, the hero didn't love her, wasn't committed, or whatever. It's more. I, I mean, I they were on feel... their way to it. Like so it's a pretty brutal betrayal. He he cheated because. He felt betrayed and then decided to hurt her worse. That is the worst kind of action. Like, I do find that absolutely reprehensible in 99% of the books. Yeah. Of, like, the heroes that I read. But listen, I cut my teeth on Judith McNaught. So I was going to say I was a Mills and Boone fanatic, so. (laughs) Actually, so, I mean, this is, look, sorry, this is spoilers, but it's part of what was so fascinating and so, like, enjoyable for me is Mm. that she ends up becoming friends with the other woman, like the woman that he cheated on her with. They become pals and that woman teaches her to throw a punch. And and is also like, do you know what? He's a fucking dick. (laughs) (laughs) Like you didn't deserve that kind of treatment. And I was like, fucking yeah, good. This is what I want. Yeah, I think you've sold it for me. So anyway, put it on the top of my list. Also, and this is the this. So when I read it, I was like, "How? How is it that in all of my years of hearing about this book and hearing about the Grovel scene, how did I not know this one fact that would have made me read it way, way quicker?" The hero. Is it a spoiler. No, the okay. hero has violet eyes. Oh, oh my god! The hero. <laughs> the best version of the trope. <laughs> I was, I was Did he like, have red hair? <laughs> Tishan hair? Tishan. <laughs> I was like, how the fuck do we not talk about this more often? <laughs> like, this is... Mm. Anyway. I've added to my list. I've also added... Was it Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point I need to read Chloe Brown, but I'm saving that for Well, what a brilliant seg into the book that I brought to Rudy's life. You're welcome, Rudy. Yes. Still so fucking mad. Um, I'm just so, 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 so excited and relieved that this was a book that delivered. Yeah. 
you know with the zeit no, I don't know if it's like guys the trend at the moment of like the illustrated covers the contemporary romance like that having like a resurgence there's there's just been like it's been really hit and miss for me and then as soon as I started reading Chloe Brown I was like oh my god she's done it it's it's delivered it's there it's perfect such a good book Chloe was just so much fun like Chloe herself I thought she was an incredible heroine I thought she was really funny and smart and like but like sharp around the edges which I really really loved I loved that she wasn't like she gives this image of being like soft and like squidgy and and pretty and like gentle and cutesy with her buttons exactly and then the minute she starts talking it's like no she knows what she wants she knows like her limits she knows her capabilities and she's not going to allow anyone to dictate that for her and I found that like fucking so beautiful to read I just yeah I'm just so mad that it took me so long to read can't get on it I haven't read it I'm looking forward yeah, get to it on in it. the new year that's all for this episode Huge thanks to audio producer Rudy Bremer. As well as producing Book Thingo, Rudy has a slew of other shows to her name, including Little Yarns, an award-winning kids' show about Indigenous languages. I truly don't deserve her, and I know she wrote the script, but I mean that sincerely. You can find the show notes for episode 77 at bookthingo.com.au slash podcast. If you enjoy the show, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other listeners like you find the show. In the meantime, please visit us at bookthingo.com.au and have a fabulous fortnight of reading. <laughs>